Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Reimagine this holiday season with more capability and more adventure in Kia's EverReady lineup. This winter, gift yourself what you really want during Kia's Season of Giving Back sales event. Kia is offering great deals on the capable Sorento and the spacious Sportage, and deals on even more vehicles like the all-electric EV6 and the fun-to-drive Forte. So visit your local Kia dealer and explore all your newfound possibilities by enjoying Kia's Season of Giving Back. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Event ends 1-224. How to reduce emissions posing an existential threat to humanity. A new oil rush is displacing Ugandans. People in Power investigates the relationship between the mighty oil giants of the global north and the developing nations of the global south. A crude mistake, part two of two on Al Jazeera. Groundbreaking films from award-winning filmmakers. Watch, listen, witness. On Al Jazeera. Al Jazeera is here to report on the people often ignored, but who must be heard. How many other channels can you say will take the time and put extensive thought into reporting from underreported areas? Of course, we cover major global events, but our passion lies in making sure that you're hearing the stories from people in places like Palestine, Libya, Yemen, the Sahel region, and so many others. We go to them, we make the effort, we care. Stay. What you're looking at there is one of the breach points through which Hamas fighters came into Israel. Warning sirens going off here. I can see some contrails over there. The Israeli airstrikes inside the Gaza Strip has remarkably intensified during the last couple of hours. We've seen these airstrikes really concentrated on residential homes and residential buildings. These are dangerous times. It can have regional spillover, of course, as well. The only conversation here is a military one. Inside the hospital and without oxygen, without electricity, the babies inside, they're dying. We're now less than an hour away from the official start of the ceasefire. So 50 captives will be released over a four-day period. One more batch of prisoners released. been waiting for is here mom may be feeling excited anxious hopeful all at the same time it's a rush of emotions for her or it may be an emergency baby is coming too early 
than expected. So many things happen in the few hours, minutes, days when baby signals its readiness to come to the world. It's different experiences for different women. Today, we are talking about delivery here on The Baby Doctor with me, Bernice Abubedulansa. You don't want to miss any part of today's show. I'll be back to introduce you to my guest and we delve into the conversation. Do stay. baby doctor this is the show that brings you all the information and knowledge on your baby today I've been joined by dr. Paddy Aete and uh, he's been helping us with all the information we need it's, it's such a, a pleasure to have you here I love talking to you doc and thank you for sharing your knowledge with us all the time he's with Elemas Health and much later I'll tell you how to contact him but doc today we're talking about deliveries it's it's the real deal that's the the moment we've all been waiting for, the climax of the nine months, even though it doesn't end in nine months for a lot of women. But what usually signals babies' readiness is the labor, right? It's different experiences for different women. What exactly is labor? And when do we know we are getting there? Okay. So for the pregnant woman, um, usually, she would notice a pain. Pain in her back, or over, and, and associated with the tightening of her tummy. Which, you know, during pregnancy, later part of pregnancy, you have a little bit of those, but in no particular order, it just comes and goes and comes and goes. But this time, the pain is rhythmic. So it comes, then it goes away. They notice that uh, 30 minutes later, it's back again. Another 30 minutes later, it's back again. They realize the fact that, no, every 30 minutes, I'm having this pain. When it's consistent like that, then you know that labor is starting. The next stage is that the time between the contractions, as we would call it contractions, becomes shorter and shorter. So you notice your tummy is getting hard, and then after a while it gets soft. Then the next time it gets hard, maybe in 30 minutes. But after a while you notice that uh, instead of being every 30 minutes, it's not every 20, then every 10, then every 5. In most places, or where transportation is adequate, would say when your contractions are every five minutes, set off from wherever you are and come to the hospital. We say that in the confidence of the fact that labor takes maybe about 10 hours from the first pain till when you, you deliver. 
and we say 10 hours because the cervix dilates from zero dilation mm. all the way to a 10 centimeters. It's approximately one centimeter per hour. Um, so that is for the typical person. Pain in the back, pain over your tummy or in the lower tummy, and the pain is rhythmic, episodic, and after a while, it's, you, it becomes serious business and they come to hospital. For some other people, however, they don't have that pain to start with. Mm. All they notice is Psh, the baby has a the, okay, why? Wow. Okay, a gas of water, right? And so they are the ones who will first notice the water, my waters have broken, and there's no pain. Or as somebody told me on Sunday, I'm urinating, but it's not stopping. Oh, okay, right, because that's how she felt when she started to pee, and all she knew was that ah, the urine is not stopping, it's just continuing. Yeah, so that actually meant you know, she had ruptured membranes. So, in that case, too, we say come to hospital, and our, but our concern is that there's a risk of infection. And, and, it, and we don't want to put anything inside there until we're actually trying to deliver you. For most of those people, once they rupture membranes, give them a couple, after 12 hours or so, within 12 hours, they will start contracting and then they'll go into labor. But because of the risk of infection, we like them to come into hospital um, earlier so that we can control the circumstances mm. around. Mm. So, for, for, so generally, that is labor. Um, and there's something that we call show. And show is the release of the mucus plug. The mucus plug is what co- keeps the cervix blocked so that external organisms cannot continue to aff- enter to affect the baby. When the cervix dilates, the mucus plug becomes loose and it comes out. Okay. And it's, it's bloody, it's blood stained, and it's like a piece of like, like mucus. And that comes out. That usually precedes the labor. So most women would see that first before later on they start having the pains, before the pains get intense, and before they, then they have their Is there an estimated time between when you see the, the mucus or the show yes. and when you start going into labor? Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Some people's own last days, some people own last only a few hours. So everybody and their... It, it appears for women and labor, everyone's story is different. Mm-hmm. What's accounting for that? Well, we are all supposed... People, we... The, we, we know that you have contractions. We know those contractions are painful. Um, but people differ. One, in their, in their perception of pain. So somebody may have a small amount of pain and they are shouting. I used to have a patient who will be doing, ajay, 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 ajay. Then one time, hand was on her tummy. She started contracting, but she didn't say ajay. Then we realized the fact that oh, not all the ajays were proper ajay. Some of them were fake. <laughs> Attention seeking ajays. <laughs> she said, oh no, this is a real one. This is a real one. <laughs> you had a good laugh about that one. Yeah. But so some people have a higher, a lower pain tolerance. Okay. And so the small amount of pain they have, they make quite a fuss about it. Some people have a higher pain tolerance and therefore they make, they, they can withstand a lot of pain and bear themselves in a very lady-like manner. One of my friend's wives, a very big woman, came in labor and was lying there in the hospital bed in her jeans in Kolebu. The midwife came and looked at her and said, it hasn't started yet. When it starts, you threw that jeans away. <laughs> <laughs> and she truly told me that when the pain started, she didn't give a care. She didn't care about anything. Mm. All she wanted to do was to be free. So she, she indeed threw the jeans away. So um, then there are those rare people who don't feel pain at all. They don't feel any pain. There's one woman whose first pain was when the baby is about to come out. Mm. 
So if she's in labor on your ward and you don't monitor her, the baby will come out onto the floor. Because the first time she feels pain, it's baby's coming. Right. Could, could this be... And then there's another one I met Sorry. who has no pain at all. Beginning to end. Even when the baby Zero comes pain, out? Nothing. Wow. All she tells you is that, I think it is coming. Then you deliver the baby and she gets up and she's done. Wow. Interesting, isn't it? But Doc, I'm just wondering if this has anything to do with age, for example, how well you exercise. Because, you know, usually you're told in the olden days when a, a lady was nearing her time, there, there's a belief that if you allow her to pound fufu or exert some level of energy, it helps in pushing the baby out. So I don't know if that is re- in any way related to how someone is able to withstand pain uh, when it comes to labor. Maybe not pain per se, but the ability to cope. Okay. The fitter you are, the more resilience you have, the more you are able to withstand the circumstances under which you are, you are in. So a woman who has exercises, has got good muscle tone and things of that sort, is more likely to withstand the stresses of that occurrence than a woman who has you know, very little exercise at all. This holiday season, switch to Boost Mobile for a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G and a powerful way to get after it. Like me, Samaria, skater from SoCal, girl in a boys club, 20 years of cuts, bruises, and a busted back. All of it worth the price. To show every skater girl, impossible is just another obstacle for you to shred. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G on America's largest 5G networks and learn more about Samaria Brevard's story at BoostMobile.com. Limited time offer new customers only available on select networks. 5G not available everywhere. One device per line. Tax extra. Additional restrictions apply. Hurry into the wrap-up the year sales event at your local Ram dealer for great deals on the trucks that give you all the power you need and all the luxury you could ask for. Now get 10% below MSRP for an average of 6219 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cab. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 6219 average based on 10% below average MSRP from all 2023 Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cab models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 1224. Does managing your health care feel like a full-time job? Bounced from one doctor to the next? All the forms, the bills, the not a bills, the... Press 4 to repeat these options. Does health care have to be this way? At Kaiser Permanente, all of us work together to make health care easier. And with integrated care and coverage, all you have to do is focus on your health. Learn more at kp.org, Kaiser Permanente, for all that is you. Kaiser Foundation Health Plan of the Mid-Atlantic States Incorporated, 2101 East Jefferson Street, Rockville, Maryland, 20852. Paid actor portrayal. I didn't see it coming. Life can be so unpredictable. After losing my dad, it made me think about my family if something were to happen to me. The mortgage, car payments, and all the other bills. Even things like our annual summer vacation would be out of reach. I had heard about life insurance through Ethos and how easy it was to get coverage. They were right. I knew it was time to stop putting it off and get life insurance right now. I got on my computer and went to ethoslife.com. In just 10 minutes, I was covered. And boom, family protected. Thanks to Ethos, my family won't have to worry about the bills if the unpredictable happens to me. Ethos, fast and easy online term life insurance. Up to $2 million in coverage with no medical exam. Some policies as low as a dollar a day. Answer a few health questions and get your free quote at ethoslife.com slash audio. That's ethoslife.com slash audio. Wendy's Peppermint Frosty and Frosty Cream Cold Brew make the perfect gift for anyone in your life. Especially for you. 
Yeah, this year you're sitting on your own lap and getting yourself what you want. Finally. And now every day this season, unlock 20% off your total when you get any small, medium, or large Frosty in the Wendy's app. So order something from your own wish list this year. Limited time only. Participating U.S. Wendy's with app offer and registration. Applies to menu items only. Taxes and fees excluded. Um, something actually, there are things that actually do work, especially for those who want to have their baby to come a little bit quicker. When you're trying to induce labor, you put some medicine over there. And the medicine's job is to soften the cervix and maybe even start contractions. That medicine is called prostaglandin. That same prostaglandin is in sperm. Okay. So when the old ladies say, if you want the baby to come quickly around that time, start having sex, yeah, they were no, not. So that's not a myth? Oh, no, 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 it's true. Mm. It works. I know a doctor who actually <laughs> was told by a midwife that take your wife home and go and have sex with her and bring her back okay. because she was post dates. So the doctor actually listened to the midwife, took his wife from the hospital home and brought her back. She went into labor that night. She was planned for induction the next day. She went into labor that night. True story. Wow. We're learning some things here, aren't we? All right, Doc. So, I mean, there's a lot of things to discuss when it comes to labor. Um, is there a right way to endure the pain? And I'm asking this because of sometimes what our mothers tell us and all the things we hear about how best you can. And even in other countries, you see that maybe the woman is given a soft ball to sit on, maybe allowed to sit in water, um, you know, is there, is there a way to do it so that even though it's painful, like you say, it's easier to cope with? There could be mechanisms. There are things that we can actually do to help you to withstand the pain. Um, one, having a support person, having somebody who you are familiar with. So a family member, a doula, somebody who is going to sit beside you throughout the entire process. Um, that person can, can act as an advocate for you. So that person supporting you and encouraging you throughout the process allows you to, and keeping you distracted, talking to you about various things that will take your mind a little bit of the pain. That person also acts as a coach to help you do what we would have been telling you to do, which is the breathing exercises, that during the contraction, focus not on the pain, but instead focus on your breathing. And uh, if you are doing that by yourself, it gets a bit frustrating and you get tired. If you have a coach who's encouraging you, hey, it's time to breathe now, Let's do, and they are breathing together with you, it keeps your mind of the pain and allows you to cope with it, you know, a little bit, a little bit better. So that indeed plays a, a significant role. Mm-hmm. Um, the ball, for instance, the exercise ball, um, sitting on that ball and bouncing on it keeps you distracted. Also helps widen the pelvis. So it helps, you know, relax, relaxes the pelvis a little bit, give it a little bit more space, to, encouraging the baby to descend further uh, and faster. And, you know, that whole business of lying on your back throughout labor is actually not ideal. It's actually not ideal. Being able to sit on a chair against the back of the chair, with, like, so wrong way in the chair, yeah. facing the back, mm-hmm. and leaning over the back, and your support person rubbing the small of your back throughout the this really helps with the pain. Um, and I was telling you earlier about hot water and mm-hmm. its beneficial yeah. effect. Mm-hmm. Being able to stand under the shower with the hot water just hitting the small of your back where you're having the maximum pain and just stay there 30 minutes 20 minutes even longer in hot water like that really helps to 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 ease the pain Mm. and then for those who can uh, have a water bath the fact that you are in a a tub or a big bath with hot water surrounding you also improves the way the, the way you perceive pain so all those things help you to manage your pain a whole lot you know better Mm. then of course we've got the medical interventions Uh, we we like the toys so the doctors come and there are varieties of things that we could do in the uk they give you a mixture of gas 
a, a gas mixture, oxygen and the nitrous, that you breathe. And you, the patient, the mother, you control it. So you just, when you, when you feel pain, take a puff. When you take the puff, it makes the pain go down, or the perception of the pain go down. And then you, do, you don't need to puff again until the next contraction comes. Then there are other interventions like an epidural, mm-hmm. where we put a small tube in your back, and then we take the tube all the way here, we put in medicine, and then every few, like maybe every 30 minutes, every, we keep asking you about your pain perception. When you think, usually after maybe three or four hours, the pain will come down, then they top it up a little bit, so that the pain will be managed until it's time to, to labor. And there's a one-shot spinal where we put in similar medicine, but in a different concentration in the back there, but that one lasts for about four hours, and you can top it up easily, like you can top up the epidural. So there are various methods by which we can, we can manage um, pain. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go through all... I, I, women amaze me how they can actually say, I want to go through this raw. I'm like, hey, are you serious? Mm. Me? Oh, I'm not doing that. Yeah. It's too much. I'm not carrying this for nine months and going through that pain too. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Give me mm-hmm. as much as you can give me. Load me. <laughs> With interventions to reduce the pain. I think when it comes to the medical interventions, we are getting there. But the other ones you mentioned is where I think generally uh, we are lacking in, in terms of allowing a support person to be there. Because, you, Doc, you can imagine in our public health facilities where one day inadequate facilities, we are even overstretched as staff. We don't have the time to pamper and massage you and, you know. So I, I, it's, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned the importance of these things, especially for women when they go into the, into the labor ward. But let's now look at the types of birthing methods. Um, I remember chatting on a story about the squatting method um, in other parts. I'm told in Israel, for example, it's... It's very used um, where women don't lay on their backs. Usually they're allowed to use Is there a chair or something of the sort that allows you to sit in and push. Just run us through the, the birthing um, methods. And well, what we have here, mm. or it's most common here, is to lie on your back. If you're not lucky, the bed is flat. And so uh, technically it's actually against gravity. We are trying to drop something down and we put you on a flat surface. So we have eliminated the advantage of gravity in that process, which is not the way we should do things. Um, so that, but that is what unfortunately exists in quite a number of uh, places. Then we have the inclined, yeah. where if you're lucky enough or fortunate enough, the delivery bed allows you to incline. Where you are almost in a squatting position, they are not really squatting and leaning forward. You are still leaning back, but you are up. The, your head is up, your chest, your torso is up, and then your bottom is down. And then you allow you to, to push, and your legs are on stirrups, allow you to push and to deliver. Then there's a squatting method. The challenge with the squatting method is that you need the patient to be high up for the, you, the clinician, to be able to go beneath and assist in the delivery of the, of, of the baby. And because it's technically a little bit um, challenging for the back of the person who is doing the delivery, mm-hmm. if you're an older midwife, you are not very enthused. <laughs> And having to bend like this under somebody, and when I want to push, you're not pushing hard enough. It's not exactly yeah. easy. However, for the mother, that would have been the easiest way for the baby to just come out. Because in that position, gravity is working at its maximum. She, she was both of the squatting position, her legs are wide apart. Her pelvis is tilted at an angle that will allow the baby to come out. It's actually physiologically the best method to... to the same thing, like they tell us that when you are using the toilet, your legs should be flexed up because yeah. you're actually 
is more physiological position. So that would be nice if we could get more people to deliver that way. But uh, the logistics of it and the little challenge that comes with it. But with time, mm. with time, I guess we'll be working on that method um, a, whole, a whole lot more. Then there are those who deliver underwater. Yeah. And, 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 and we see that a lot. In fact, from squatting and underwater at the same time. Mm. So um, in other places, you see home-assisted births mm. uh, where you have a, uh, a midwife or a health professional. In, 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 in the presence of family sometimes, mm. a husband who is sometimes in the in tub, the tub yeah. with the wife and you know, as going through the pain with her and all mm. that. And emotionally, I don't know about whether it actually helps relieve the pain itself, but emotionally, um, it's, it's such a good support for, mm. for a lot of women. Um, I don't know how long it will take us to get there as a country. Do you know if people have home-assisted births? I mean, besides rural communities where it almost is um, a norm. Yes, yes. It, it is possible to get... I, I, I knew a midwife was doing uh, home-assisted births in, in this country. She was doing water births too oh, okay. um, in this country. So, but it's not very common. Mm. And um, we are tend to be afraid of what if something happens. And so how quickly can I get to a big hospital that can provide you with the right kind of service? Those are the kind of things that give, that give challenges. And because our ambulance services are not too great and our roads are choked with traffic, it makes that option a little bit challenging to offer. However, delivery is actually a natural process. And most people should be able to deliver without too much hassle. And so if you really think about it, if a woman has had a child before, and the child she's carrying is below, let's say, 3.5 kilos, and she's an average-sized woman, um, the chance of her having, and the baby's coming with a head, and she hasn't got any medical conditions, the chances of her having a challenging pregnancy are really, a delivery, are really small, or should I say smaller than, you know, the other uh, ladies who don't have those kinds of things. So those may be good candidates to consider having a, a, a home birth. Mm. But you have to pay for the service of the, of the clinician, nurse, whoever it is, for the entire duration of your labor, and that entire bill is upon your head. It may be a little bit expensive. Mm. Doc, um, so you, you just said it's a natural process. And here in Ghana, unfortunately, we have had people classify cesarean sessions as um, an option for weaker women, women who cannot stand the pain. We've seen women who say that, oh, um, my child will go through it. Don't use a knife to, you know, touch her. In Memphis, she can do it. I did it. She can do it. And then sometimes they force these women into complications that end up, you know, sometimes in the loss of lives. There's yes. also the religious aspect of it where, oh, my pastor says I'll give birth like a Hebrew woman and all those kind of things. What informs what the best option is for a woman in terms of whether to do and go through the vaginal birth process or have a cesarean session? Well, in the olden days, the doctor would look at you and say, after examining one, two, three, four, I think you should have a cesarean section. Nowadays, it's a collaboration between us and the, and the patient. Yeah. So you'd examine the patient, you assess the situation, and you'd give options to the client. Usually, if you think she can give a vaginal delivery, the discussion of section doesn't really come up unless the client brings it up. If, however, you believe that there are things that you should be careful about, then you would have to have discussions with the client as to the fact that because of maybe your blood pressure and the levels at which it has gotten, 
we can't wait for the duration of labor of 10 hours. We think your blood pressure crisis is such that the baby needs to come out as quickly as possible because that is the solution to solve your hypertensive crisis. So we offer you a cesarean section because we need to take that baby out quickly so that the blood pressure can come down so that you can live. Because if we wait, it may, you may get into a situation where you may have an eclamptic fit and have a convulsion, you can have a stroke, you can, and you, and you, you can use, lose both your life and your baby's life, and therefore we don't think it's the best option for you. Let's truncate the process by having a cesarean section. Or we've examined your baby, and your baby's size is too large for your pelvis by the assessment that we have done. And we think it will be in your best interest to have a cesarean section. Now, those, those kinds of ones, the women always t- tend to say, oh, I want to try. Then you say, okay, you shall try. Then when they get to seven centimeters and it's not progressing, then they say, I want the cesarean section. I want it now. No, 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 you don't have five minutes to prepare. I want it now. now. <laughs> And is it possible at that stage, seven centimeters? Oh, you can do a cesarean section. Seven, eight, even nine. Okay. You can do a cesarean section. But the challenge with these kinds of patients is that once they get to the end of their threshold, the end of their ability to withstand, they are very impatient about getting the baby out. And And they may even blame you in case of any eventuality. Even the five minutes you wasted, they'll blame you because she has made up her mind now, do it for her now. You might give her options earlier on, but, you know, it happens. It's life. It's human beings. We all, we all go through that. So, um, so like a big baby. A big baby is a problem. Um, um, the baby's position may be wrong. When we're in school, or when I was in medical school, we learned how to do deliveries with the bottom. So the time comes, baby comes with the bottom. We're like, oh, no problem. We deliver with the bottom. Then somebody did a study, looked over 20,000 deliveries and said, oh, Babies that come with the bottom don't do as well as babies that comes with their head. The recommendation then became, oh, do cesarean sections for babies that come with their heads. They come with the bottom. That, that come with their bottom. If they come with the bottom, do a cesarean section. So the challenge with that is that more and more people are finishing their training not knowing how to deliver babies with their bottom. So the day you have a baby with the legs sticking out, you're in trouble because you never learned that, that whole process. And, and that is the reason why they suggested the cesarean section is that the complications are a little bit more for babies that are coming with their bottom compared to babies that are coming with their head. And so rather than get into that kind of trouble, just do a cesarean section uh, for them. So that, for example, now the recommendation would be, hey, I think we should have a cesarean section mm-hmm. because of that. But at any point in time, it's the patient's life and their body. And once they are well aware of the facts, the complications, the risks, and the benefits, and they make their choice, we respect their choice. If we disagree with them, we may ask you to write the fact that, yes, you've explained and I still want to go this way, but at the end of the day, it's your, the autonomy of your body is something that we respect and respect mm-hmm. very, very, very seriously. So after we, come to, we have our discussion and you've made your choice, we respect it. So it's a case of planned CS for some women and some of them in an emergency situation. Yes. So somebody can have... Um, uh, prenatal care where everything was fine, there were no signs of baby being too big or mother not having the ability because of um, hypertension issues. But the day has come and the complications set in. Mm-hmm. And so, in that case, if the mother is not able to give you her consent, what do you do as a doctor? Wow, trouble. Um, hopefully, during this pregnancy, you have had occasion to have met the spouse. 
And so you would, at that moment, this is the problem. I need to contact the spouse because she's not able to. We need some help in helping her to come to a, 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 a decision. So let's say you come to hospital and baby's heartbeat is poor, extremely poor. Um, and then we realize the fact that and it's getting worse. It's, if you continue watching it, it's going to go out so the heartbeat goes and baby is dead. So you think you have to intervene quickly. And the client, for example, in this example is now, you know, doesn't believe, doesn't understand, still trying to work her way around because of some of these belief systems. If you have access to the spouse, you have a chat with the spouse, let the spouse talk to the, to, to, to the client to make her, help her to come to a decision that to be in the, in the, in the baby's um, best interest. The cesarean section is not because the mother cannot give birth. The cesarean section is that the baby cannot wait till the mother gives birth okay. and still be alive. Okay. So it's for the baby's sick. So we like to say that if, um, if the baby has a crisis, then we would prefer to inconvenience the mother for the baby to live. You understand? But if the baby does not have a crisis, why should the mother be inconvenienced? She can go through the process, you know, take her time and go through the process as normal. So you try, try and get the spouse, try and get a relative, try and get people to, you know, speak to her. Because in the example I gave you, time is of essence. And the longer you wait, the outcome gets worse and worse. We think only about the fact that, oh, baby dies. What about the fact that baby suffered loss of oxygen? Mm. And later on, baby is born with brain damage, right. even though born vaginally. Mm. What have we gained? Yeah. What has anybody gained from that? It's, 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 it's a distressing situation, and we'd rather not have it. I've seen a occasion where uh, a mother... A, baby, a woman refused a cesarean section. Refused. Outright. And her mother was outside. They brought her mother. And the mother, too, said no. And talk, talk, talk. She refused to have the cesarean section. And then the baby died. This was years ago when I was working in a public hospital. The baby died. Then the husband eventually came to visit and was told about the problem. And the woman's excuse for not having the surgery was that she said they don't have money. And the husband came and said, no, I'm wealthy. I have money. The problem is, is the woman and her mother who have this belief that they shouldn't have, a knife should not cut her. But her story gets worse. The baby still didn't come. So you had to do the CSE? Not, not me, but so- somebody had to do a cesarean section for her eventually. What did you gain? It's a very painful experience. Everybody was heartbroken because this was unnecessary. Hmm. Well, for those of you out there who still stigmatize people who have decided to have a cesarean session for whatever reason, best known to them, I hope you learn something from this and you realize that um, there's absolutely no point in stigmatizing women, especially if they have to go through this and they choose to go through it, whether it's planned, whether it's an emergency. All we need, like doctor said, is for mother and baby to be hale and hearty. There is a lot to talk about when it comes to delivery, and Doc and I will be back to finish that up.
wrap up the year sales event at your local Ram dealer for great deals on the trucks that give you all the power you need and all the luxury you could ask for. Now get 10% below MSRP for an average of 6219 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cab. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 6219 average based on 10% below average MSRP from all 2023 Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cab models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 224. Thank you so much for staying on the baby doctor with me, Bernice Abubedulansa. Today, our topic for discussion is delivery. I'm sure you've learned so much from Dr. Uh, Paddy Ayete, and uh, he is with Elemas Health. He has so many years of experience, so much knowledge to share with us, and we are always grateful to have him here on The Baby Doctor. So, Doc, we're talking about cesarean session and natural, well, not natural because vaginal I mean, delivery. Vaginal delivery. Um, but there are, even though there are certain things that women of the older, older generation do to sometimes make the process complicated for younger women who are trying to you know go through the process like you mentioned a mother and her daughter insisting they won't have a cesarean eventually the child dying and eventually a cesarean happening there are those who also have very good stories to tell of how their mothers coached them and um, especially through the, the 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 pushing process so someone says my mom taught me how to do it and in three pushes i was done what are the things we need to know to help us have a successful delivery because sometimes it appears there's a knowledge gap especially with the younger generation who try to discard everything that the older generation says because we feel like <coughs> oh please you're old school i mean let's let's do a thing what are some of the things we need to know to help us you know go through this successfully um labor is a marathon it's not a sprint so all that shouting that we are shouting when you're three, four, five centimeters, burning all your energy, you will need that energy when it comes to push. Pushing that baby out may be one of the hardest things that you ever do. When the time comes and you need to push, some people are lucky. The uterus, uterus contracts, the contracts are so strong, the baby comes out with an irresistible force. They are the lucky ones. Some other ones, they need to support the contractions for the baby to, to, to come out. So, Conserve your energy. There's really no advantage in all that shouting and screaming. The, I don't even think the shouting and screaming relieves your pain. So I don't, I don't quite get it, what they hope to gain by, apart from creating attention and causing a scene. Um, if they get a chance to have some energy drinks, energy-producing drinks, like drinks that have sugar and things of that sort, please drink it. Um, sometimes they don't want you to drink too much in case you have a cesarean section. Uh, we don't expect you to drink one whole bucket of water. <laughs> but a, a glass, a small bottle or two of something that would give you energy, uh, something that contains quite a bit of sugar or something, please drink so that you have enough energy for this thing. Um, when you get a chance to sleep, sleep. Sometimes we give you injections for pain relief. 
Uh, my patients say it doesn't really relieve the pain too much, but it makes them sleepy. Please, when you get a chance, sleep. Because there's work to be done. But when it gets to the end, and we say you should push, we want you to use every ounce of strength in your body to push. And when you are pushing, every noise you make through your throat, you are reducing the pressure that should be pushing the baby out. So all that, ah, ooh, 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 we don't want to hear. Because every time we hear you, it means the baby is getting less of your energy. You are using part of the energy to shout instead of focusing on the pushing. No, you are not disturbing us. You are just reducing your own efforts. Okay. And so we would encourage you to give it your hardest effort. At some point, we tell you, stop pushing. And that's because you are not contracting. Okay. Some people will now want to be pushing. When you <laughs> told them, you don't push. It's a waste of energy. Wait until we say push. Because if you're, if you're contracting and you add a push to it, you get a better result than if the uterus is flabby and you are pushing by yourself. You don't really go, you don't really go that far. And depending on how they position you, you don't ask you to hold your thigh. Holding your, putting your hand under your thigh and pulling it back not only gives you a position that allows you to push harder, but also widens your pelvis a little bit, creating a little bit more space for the baby to slip through. So all these are small things that you can try and do to try and make that particular portion of your work a whole lot easier. Mm. And, and a few rounds of sex before you go into labor allows the cervix to be soft, it dilates faster, it responds better when we give you medication to try and pump the, to labor to come, and can actually make your labor shorter. Okay, you heard it from Doc, not from me. So all you heard the old folks say is not a myth. At least that one is not. Um, doctors are encouraging you to have a lot more sex when your time is due. Yes. Um, it's but, a sperm we need, though. Not a long round. It's a okay, sperm. okay. So if it's going to do long rounds with no sperm, it's of no use to me. All right. We want more sperm. But, Doc, um, is it the case, though, that when women are nearing their time, they actually don't want to have sex? Yes. So it's more of a chore than that? Yes. It is more of a chore. At that particular point in time. But it's a necessity. Well, the same way that the woman didn't want to have sex, but when she decided she wants to have a child, she chased her husband for sex every day. <laughs> that same method. Right. She should apply it at that time. Mm. Mm, because I know women who are like, oh, what's for sex? Dear? But when you want to have a baby, it's to call the man morning, afternoon, evening. Doctor says you should have sex. Uh, the husband is tired. Says, hey, doctor says you should have sex. Yeah. The woman has the baby, then she switches up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Doc, I like the bit where you talk about pushing through the contraction, because... Well, I was coached, but that was a real shock for me because that was a real shocker, rather, because that is extremely painful. Because my idea was when the pain subsides, then you rather push. <laughs> it makes sense, right? But you have to push through the pain. Mm -hmm. And there are no words to describe that level of pain. But it takes your mind off the pain a little bit, doesn't it? Because then you're focused on the pushing. Right, you're right. Mm. All right. This, this delivery business is not a joke. And... All the nine months of prenatal care, all the medication, all the sleepless nights, this is where it culminates. And that's why um, Doc is here to give you the tips. And I hope you've learned something, um, especially on resting, right? Because um, it's important that you store, you store up energy uh, for, like Doc says, the journey ahead. Um, Doc, in Ghana, there is a sad occurrence of maternal mortality and sometimes when you hear the reasons you just wonder if the story would have been different if certain decisions were taken earlier 
or probably the person was in a different jurisdiction. Um, in your almost two decades of practicing, what have you found to be the reasons why women lose their lives in the process of giving life? It's always a sad situation when a woman loses her life. It's, I mean, I, I was telling you earlier that I chose this profession because people don't die. So when somebody dies, it's a big, big, big deal. Where I come from, it's even a taboo to talk about it, that somebody went to give birth and died. It's, it's not even discussed. What is that? Is that terrible? Um, there are various problems that may contribute to, to, to this. Mm -hmm. um, some start from the home and in, in their community, and then the ability to access healthcare, then their ability at the healthcare point to decide that this is, that, this is what you need and this is where that service can be rendered. And if you get to that place, whether that service can be rendered at that particular place. So mm -hmm. we've got people who have got a crisis at home, and then the decision that, okay, let us go to the hospital, often doesn't come early enough. Mm. And because husband is not home, there's no money, there's nobody to take care there, you know, all that kind of stuff. Some people travel long distances to get to the hospital. So by the time they get to the hospital, that delay has resulted in the situation getting worse. Uh, you get to your nearest hospital and the treatment, they either delay in discovering that this is the care that you need and therefore putting the intervention in place, or they are not capable of providing that service and they discover it early enough and now say, oh, you need to go to the big hospital. So then you travel a longer distance um, through sometimes bad roads, across a canoe, uh, water, bridges flooded, other kind of circumstances. Now that it's raining, for instance, we have more of such problems. Then you get to the bigger hospital. The bigger hospital may be overcrowded um, and may have other emergencies before you got there. So by the time it gets to your turn, it becomes every time you come out of theater, you're looking as to who is the worst, who is in the worst condition. To Let me help. take that one. Mm -hmm. Who is in the worst condition? Take that one. If you're not fortunate and you're not in the worst condition, you keep going back and back until you become a crisis and then yours may not, um, it may not work out. And then there are problems with um, resources. Blood is an issue. I have mm -hmm. learned to operate without needing blood. Because I realized that you don't always get blood when you need it. So you have to figure out a way to do your surgeries in a manner that will ensure that you don't need blood. So I've, I rarely transfuse patients. But that is because I have learned to work, do my best not to require it. And occasionally, you've got a patient who you've done surgery for and her blood is not clotting. And therefore, you need a lot of blood. Um, um, uh, when recently the Japanese, the former prime minister was shot and they got him like 100 units of blood. We're looking at each other and wondering, where can I get 100 units of in blood Ghana. for one patient in Ghana? In her blood group, mm. 100 units. <laughs> it's going to be tough. So those are the kind of challenges that, you know, one, 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 one faces. And um, we are, a lot of times we are, even when you get to the center and they are trying to save your life, they're also thinking of how to save her fertility. When sometimes you should just decide that this person... Yeah. Retire, she should go on retirement. And that ability to take that decision early that she needs retirement rather than let me try and save it. All these things. And that's taking out the whole woman. Yeah, take out the uterus. Oh, take out, at some point, you see, with experience and seeing the calamities that occur for inadequate, disadvantage, you realize that sometimes the best thing to do is take out the uterus. Remove the cause of the bleeding. Let her live. Yes, she may insult you tomorrow. But she'll be alive to insult you. <laughs> I like and that. And for me, 
I'll take that any day. Mm. But there are also stories of women who, I had one recently um, of a doctor. Um, I, I understand that she, she used um, the IVF process, conceived, you know, went through the process, gave birth beautifully. Vitals were checked, she was okay, BP was normal, everything, temperature. Before they realized, this lady goes into some sort of fit or seizure, and within minutes she's gone. What leads to that? I don't have the specifics of that case, mm. but if you say fit or seizure, um, there's something we call postpartum eclampsia. I cannot say specifically that what happened in this obviously. case, but I can give you an example. So eclampsia is when your blood pressure goes up to a certain extent that it causes you to have a seizure. Now, when you have the seizure before pregnancy, before delivery, and you have a seizure after delivery, the seizure after delivery is even worse than the seizure before delivery. The, the consequences of the one after is worse than the one before delivery. And, they have, and sometimes you check their blood pressure, it is normal. Everything is normal, or it appears to be normal. And the blood pressure starts rising on your blind side. It may not be a gradual process so that by the time you check it again, you understand. Or it will be hoovering around borderline, just below borderline, then it goes up. And then before you are aware, it has gone up so high to the extent that she has the seizure. If she has the seizure, and during the seizure, she vomits, and she breathes the vomit down her lungs. Her own vomitus has choked her. And when your lungs are choked, your brain has four minutes. And then brain goes, and everything else follows. So it's possible that everything seems okay, mm -hmm. blood pressure goes up, and it just goes pine, 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 poorly, mm -hmm. immediately after that. So... That in this case, for example, something that could have could have happened, or when she had the the seizure, the way the blood pressure went up, the seizure in addition to the blood pressure caused blood vessels to burst in her brain. She had a stroke, but the place the blood vessel burst was in a very very critical part of the brain, not like it takes away your speech or your left side, but the part that controls everything. You die. It is a tough journey for a lot of women, but. Doc, um, some of the unfortunate incidents happen to the babies as well. Mm -hmm. There are people who have very great um, um, you know, reports on how the child was faring, first trimester, second trimester. The child is fine, heartbeat is good, you know, everything is perfect. And then we have a stillbirth. I have always wondered what causes a stillbirth. And... and Sometimes you almost want to question why go through all this hard work and go home without your baby. It's yeah. very sad and frustrating. What are some of the reasons for stillbirth? Well, for a lot of them, we don't know. We can check. You can do. We can give you theories as to, but we can't tell you that it is this that caused it. Mm. For some of them, there are con conditions that the mother had. Um, so if the mother is hypertensive, for instance, um, they can have stillbirths. Some of them would have, if the hypertension is poorly controlled or there are difficulties in controlling it or it's quite chronic, it can cause the baby to be small in size, small in size, a smaller placenta, small nourishment. Baby grows, it's not growing as well. The trick is how do you know when to deliver? So you're trying to manage it to, get, to avoid prematurity and one day the placenta just says, I'm not going to work anymore. Baby is dead. We've got people who are diabetics. Diabetics are notorious for unexplained fetal deaths at near term. 
everything can be going okay. Then one day, heartbeat is gone. So these, these two conditions, at least we know the mother had something that these are related to. But there have been patients that, that we can't find a, a, a cause. There's a lady who, she was, everything was doing okay. Then around, let's say 35, 36 weeks, the placenta separated from the wall. You check her blood pressure is normal. Usually that happens due to blood pressure issues. But she had a normal blood pressure. But the placenta separated from the wall. And so the baby wasn't getting oxygen because now there's a gap. The placenta is no longer getting blood to take the oxygen and give to the baby. Baby basically lacked oxygen and died. But doc, are there ways as a mother you can tell if there's something happening to my baby, right? Um, yeah, so that you know we can avoid some of these things. Okay. So every every mother should know how her baby behaves. And a mother who is observant to tell you, when I drink coke, this is how it behaves. When I drink tea with plenty of sugar, if I eat ice cream, this is how it behaves. <laughs> if I eat yam, this is how it behaves. If I eat so any mother who is observant tends to know how the baby behaves. By the way, the coke is plenty of sugar, so then the baby gets hyperactive. Reasons why you shouldn't give coke to your young children, mm. especially in the evenings. Otherwise, you won't sleep. <laughs> it's the biggest mistake you can make. <laughs> Sleepless nights. Oh, you and the baby, you, you all stay awake that night. Their energy level becomes Superman level. Mm. So, but, you know, um, a mother be, should be able to tell how the baby behaves during, based on what you are going through. When your heart rate goes up, the baby's heart rate too goes up. It, it kind of reflects some of these things. So if your baby normally behaves in a particular way, and you notice a change, please, give your doctor a call. Pass by. Let them just check your baby for you. Because there have been patients who have said, I've not felt my baby moving today like I normally feel. They come to the hospital, and you check, and the heartbeat is really slow. In other words, you caught the heartbeat before it went. Yeah. Those are the ones that you want to get them into theater within an hour and taking that baby out. If you can do it in 20 minutes, Kai, you'll be happy. Rush to theater. <laughs> take that baby out because you are trying to take it out before the heart eventually stops. And those babies like that have been saved and came out very normal. No damage or anything. But that's because they were caught before they went, only because the mother was vigilant. Then there are some mothers too who come and see you and... When you ask them, when was the last time you felt the baby moving? They say, four days ago. Then they say, why didn't you come to the hospital? Oh, I was waiting till my next appointment. So, in fact, I only came today because I saw some blood. So I was wondering why. That's why I came. But she hasn't felt a baby for four days. And it was all right with her. There's something we call a kick count, which is a chart that we, we tell you to keep. And you count from when, the time you start counting, how much time does it take you to get 10 kicks? And if you know your average, that is within four hours, I get 10 kicks. Then you know that the day in four hours, you've gotten six. Something is not right. You understand? So if we need you to monitor, we ask you. Sometimes we give you a chart to be able to do it. But on average, a mother should be able to tell that, Charlie, today I'm not feeling my baby like usual. Mm. And have it checked out. Look, there's nothing better than wasting your time and money to go to the hospital, for them to check the baby and they tell you that the baby is fine, go. Because you don't want them to tell you, we checked, and the baby is not fine. That means we have to rush to an emergency. But the worst news of all is that you didn't check, and the baby has passed. Mm-hmm. And maybe you could have done something. So it's better to be wrong than oh, sorry. Oh, it's, be- it's better to be wrong so than sorry. 
please don't let anyone bully you into thinking that you're being too dramatic. Because, you know, sometimes, especially if you're a first-time mom, oh, these things happen. You know, you hear, though, why are you being too, oh, too excited? These things happen. Uh, the midwife has got a, 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 Sony, a machine, it's a small Doppler. She can put it on the baby, find the heartbeat, and we'll look at the trend of the heartbeat. And if she notices that the trend is good, she can tell you that, oh, your heartbeat has been persistently good over a few, over like 10 minutes. I think you are being a bit too anxious. It's, it looks good. Mm. Or there's a machine we call a CTG that draws a graph that you can actually connect you to, and then it will draw a graph. You can observe the CTG over a period of time. And so when the pattern is good, you are okay. And then there are sometimes you look at CTG and say, no, the pattern is bad. And I think we need to intervene and deliver you as quickly as possible. Well, uh, I hope you've learned so much. I have personally learned so much. You know what? Um, we will be uploading these episodes, share them with a friend so that somebody's life will be saved. Most importantly, uh, one of the things you should take away from today's episode is that as a mother, as a pregnant woman, woman, always understand what's happening with you and don't be shy to call your doctor or don't think that you'll be, uh, you know, called too known or too excited and so you just um, ignore some of these important um, signals that your baby may be giving you. I'll be back to wrap up with Doc, but here are some tips for you today. Tidbits on labor and delivery. Know the signs of true labor. Report early to the clinic when you see signs of labor. Listen to your care provider's instructions when in labor to help deliver your baby safely. We look forward to a smooth delivery and a healthy child. Hope you learned something from those tips. Uh, it's now time to wrap up with Dr. Paddy Aete. He is at Elimas Health and he is an obstetrician gynecologist. Doc, thank you so much for joining us today. So your parting words to any woman who is hoping to have a baby in the process or bringing a child to this earth, or just at the point where they have to push? Um, have a baby as early as you can, if you can. Um, uh, you can always do a lot of things in life, but you can't always have a baby. Uh, pregnancy can be a relatively pleasant experience if you get the right kind of support and you follow the advice that has been given to you, and you look after yourself. Um, know your body, know your baby, listen to your baby, and be your own advocate. When you, if you feel something is wrong, please insist that you are, you are looked at. Labor is challenging. It can be made easier. And um, if you go about it properly, it is not as bad as the stories as, as, as you have been told. Mm -hmm. And um, we are looking forward to seeing you with your baby and celebrating you on the next Mother's Day. Great. I like that. So, LMS Health is looking forward to seeing you as well. Um, if you need any help on fertility issues, Doc is ready to help you. And he and his team, well-experienced team, you can reach them on 24 
080-755-68-024-80-755-68. Or you can locate them at 10A Volta Street Airport Residential Area, um, very close to the National Service Secretariat, just down the road, relatively opposite that facility. And so please reach Dr. Paddy Ayete, and he will be there to help you and give you all the assistance that you need. Well, let me say a very big thank you to Azel Vogue for closing me today. You can reach Azel on these numbers, uh, 0288-616161, 0288-616161. That'll be it for today's edition of The Baby Doctor. A big thank you as well to Think Media. Anything media, Think Media has got you covered on that. We'll see you again in our next episode. I'm Bernice Abubedulansa. Until then, take care and always remember that babies are special and that's why we give them all the attention they deserve. Ghana is something that a lot of people look forward to, especially diasporans. Well, recently there was a news about the visa waiver where uh, there'll be a visa on arrival and also most importantly, um, GTA released the, the list or let me say the, the full activities for this December. Today, I'm here with the CEO of the Ghana Tourism Authority, Akwesi Achiman, to um, help us know about what we expect in this December. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for coming, and um, let's have a good conversation. Yeah, sure. Uh, first of all, um, how do you see December looking like for Ghanaians and diasporans who want to come here? Yeah, it's, it's, it looks good. I mean, we've been through this process before, but this year I think uh, it's coming together nicely. I mean, all our various stakeholders have been aligned with us correctly. I mean, the Ghana Police Service, National Security, our operators, the hoteliers, the 
car rentals, the restaurant owners, the traditional caterers. Everybody seems to be aligned with what we are trying to do, how we're trying to position the country, and how we want to work together to make sure that uh, not just people just coming into Ghana, but everybody uh, has a good time this Christmas. And so we've lined up uh, a tall list of events that have been endorsed, cutting across cultural events, uh, parties, clubs, concerts, tours, heritage activities, uh, kids programs, and everything. I believe that uh, everybody will have something to do, and we will all enjoy ourselves this Christmas. We'll pour money into the system. I mean, tourism drives the economy in so many ways, from car rentals, from airlines, from hotels, and everything that everybody does. You will see that it touches on some level of the tourism and hospitality industry. So we are excited that uh, we are getting on, we are building to a level where uh, this December NGH program is sustained. I mean, we started this in 2019, and so this is the fifth year. I mean, had it not been for COVID, we probably would be far ahead of what we are now. But I believe that the numbers that are coming in are good. Uh, the fact that we have all these processes that people have submitted themselves to to get endorsed is also a testament to how far we've come. So we look forward to uh, December, a very good December. Okay. Now looking forward to a very good December. Um, earlier, um, that was some few weeks ago, the finance minister talked about the fact that um, they're beefing up security when it comes to the event. Um, how is that looking? Have you seen any um, preparations towards that too? Because last year, I can't remember, I was personally at one of the events where it had to be halted because of security reasons. So um, what are we expecting this year? Um, it just matters, they say, uh, proper preparation prevents poor performance. And so we've been very much engaged with all the security agencies under the auspices of the Ministry of National Security and the National Security Coordinator. Uh, the Ghana Police Service has also taken a lead. Uh, we've had two meetings with the IGP himself sitting in where he's shown us some of the things that the police service are putting in place to ensure that uh, we have incident-free uh, activities. Uh, he's also advised all event organizers to at least put together a security plan which would then be submitted to both National Security and the Ghana Police Service so that we can know the requirements of each event and how the deployment will be done. I mean, given all that we have done, given the fact that we have had extensive engagements and understanding from all the event organizers, I'm sure that what happened uh, in a few cases last year will not happen again where uh, you don't have adequate security. I think event organizers have also been um, prompted to plan adequately in terms of the carrying capacity of the venues that they have hired. Hurry into the wrap-up the year sales event at your local Ram dealer for great deals on the trucks that give you all the power you need and all the luxury you could ask for. Now get 10% below MSRP for an average of 6219 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cab. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 6219 average based on 10% below average MSRP from all 2023 Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cab models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 1224. Making it to Wednesday is a win in itself, and Dunkin' thinks you deserve a reward. That's why every Wednesday, now through December, Dunkin' Rewards members get a free donut with drink purchase. So whether you like your midweek pick-me-ups oozing with chocolate or filled with jelly, it's on us, because you deserve it. 
Save time and order ahead on the app with Dunkin' Rewards. Not a member? Join today. America runs on Dunkin'. Limit one classic donut per member per Wednesday. Terms and exclusions may apply. Participation may vary. Offer ends 12-27-2023. It's the holiday mystery sale at JCPenney. How much will you save? An amazing coupon giveaway starts this Thursday. Everyone can enjoy guaranteed savings of an extra 30% off. Or your chance at an extra 40 or 50% off your entire purchase in-store. All the gifts you need, all the savings you want. Mystery solved. JCPenney. Make your holidays count. Offers valid on select styles 12-7 through 12-14. Exclusions apply. Giveaway in-store only. Must be 18 or older. See store or jcp.com for details. We do not organize the events. We facilitate and endorse. And so we open up a platform for people wanting to um, organize events to come in and get a state to endorse it uh, through a process. And so if the events are not coming from other places because the event organizers um, are either not organizing events there or they don't feel that uh, they want to be at the, the national level. This year we went out of our way to engage a lot of the event organizers and so unlike previous editions, this is the first time that we, we would say we've covered almost every region in the country. Uh, but obviously the bulk is still in Accra. You have more events in Accra because... I mean, the, the population here, the spending power here, the facilities here, the venues here and all that. But, I mean, if you take a place like the Western region, you have so many events lined up, Central region, so many events, Ashanti, Northern region. For the first time, we have more than three events lined up. Uh, you have um, in Navrongo uh, and other places. So... I mean, I think I still say that December GH is work in progress. Um, so it's, not, it's not centralized. It's not centralized, but the bulk is still in Accra, but it's not centralized. But I'm saying it's work in progress. We'll come to a point where maybe we'll have more events outside as we continue. And like I indicated, uh, we are five minus one because the COVID year, we didn't have December and GH the way we are having it now. And so I think we will get there. We'll get to a point where Everybody in Ghana will feel that we have to do something in our communities. This year we have communities that have submitted homecomings, I mean, groups that have submitted their traditional uh, festivals and all that. So I think we'll get there. We have a good, diverse portfolio of events and a good spread throughout the country. Now, do you think that um, earlier, during your submission, uh, one thing I heard you say was that the tourism industry is able to contribute much to the economy. Do you think we've uh, we've done enough with under your current leadership? You've done enough to contribute because we keep talking about our economy declining. We keep boring going to the IMF and all that. Do you think you've contributed your sector? Yes, we have. I mean, I believe that the numbers themselves show uh, in terms of even uh, investment into the industry. Uh, in 2017, we had just above 3,000 accommodation facilities registered and licensed. This year, we did 5,100 plus. So that should tell you the increase in the numbers uh, of people coming into the industry, uh, guest houses, budget hotels, restaurants that are opening up. So I think in times past, we have not treated um, 
tourism as a business. People have seen tourism as uh, entertainment, um, culture, you know. Pleasure something. Pleasure something, yeah. no. But it's big business. I mean, if you look at the amount of investment in hotels that are going on now, in the country, the number of new registrations that people are doing, uh, the restaurants that are springing up all over, uh, the uh, fast food chains that are coming up all over, they are all within our industry. And so I always say that it's a low-hanging fruit, I mean, for us, because we have all the things that we need, the ingredients. We have the beachfronts, we have the waterfalls, we have the forest, we have um, the beauty, the nature of the people, the people are nice, the warm hospitality of Ghana. So everything that we need to make tourism, number one, is here. What it means is that with a concerted effort, and I must say, under this administration, uh, the president himself has taken that bold leadership of driving tourism. I mean, he was the one who launched the year of return. Recently, for the first time in our history, he called all the industry players to a summit at Pediasi to say, look, how do we move this forward? How do we jumpstart the economy with tourism? And so I think we will get there. I mean, we need to invest a lot more in the tourism infrastructure, which has started. You see the work that has happened at Kwame Nkrumah Memorial Park. We are currently working on the Nationalism Park and the Geese Park here in Accra. Bowie Museum, we are about to outdoor it sometime uh, in December. So uh, work is going on currently in Salaga, in Picoro, in Tanobuase, in Chichire, and other places. So that investment must continue. We need to drum home the benefits of tourism to uh, the people. I mean, uh, we have visitors coming here. We need to be ready to receive them. And we need to be ready to um, sell some of the things that we have. I mean, festivals, um, fashion, I mean, for the fashion industry, how do we capitalize on the large influx of people coming in? How do we make sure that there are incentives for people who are doing things in the industry? And so I will say we have done a bit. We, have, we are moving it in the right direction. The needle is moving. But I always say the sky is the limit. And so we should not rest on our hours. We need to keep going. We need to keep pushing to make sure that um, 10 years from now, just like other countries have seen. I mean, Saudi Arabia is building a new tourism industry. Dubai, uh, Rwanda, everybody is moving into tourism. We have it. Let's preserve it, let's grow it, and let's build it together. Okay, all right. So your last words on December in Ghana, because that's what everybody's looking forward to. Let's be ready. I mean, I will say it's positive vibrations all over. Let's get ready. Let's yeah, have fun. Let's work for each other. Let's try and build a society where everybody gets, uh, nobody goes home hungry. And so to do that, the little business, the small business, everybody must be brought on board. And so we are building an inclusive architecture where uh, the little choba, the cocoa seller, the watches seller by the street, everybody understands that if you set up well and if you position yourself well, you could get something out of December in change. So I look forward to it. I look forward to seeing you at any of the events. Um, Which no. of the events are you going to be at? Probably we would uh, want to see you. <laughs> I'm starting on Friday. Friday we have the Kids in Tourism okay. uh, Festival. I think I want to see what the, the kids are doing. Um, I'll be at the Taste of Ghana. I'll be at Afro Future. I'll be at uh, Rhythms, uh, Sonny Badu's concert. Uh, over the weekend I'll be there. 
so many activities. Just like this December, you're going to be everywhere. That's my December. Every December, sometimes I do five events a day because um, you have to see what is going on. You have to be part of it. You have to really to really uh, understand the challenges that operators are going through, the challenges that organizers are going through, and more importantly, take feedback that you can use to build on going forward. And so, yes, it's going to be a hectic December. That's what we signed up for. But I'm hoping that uh, together, working with all our industry players and organizers, we can have an incident-free uh, uh, December. And we want to thank the media also for drumming home the message for us. We thank you. Alright, so that is Okwasi Ajiman, the Ghana Tourism Authority CEO, and he is entreating everyone to be part of this year's December in Ghana. I am Jacqueline Ansuma Yeboa, reporting for Joy News. Multimedia group launched an Educare fund okay, to help brilliant but needy students um, as, as part of our CSR activities um, to see them through school. Uh, we thought that we should be able to extend the support beyond um, the Educare fund. On the introduction of the free SHS, um, the question then was whether there will still be that value in providing for students at the SHS level, especially given that SHS was going to be free. So if that money isn't going into supporting individual students, then there should be another way of still investing to benefit such students. The management and board of the Educare Fund decided to invest in a project that creates more access to educational content for students wherever they live. So we looked around and uh, we spoke to Wolo. And then we spoke to our partners at SES, a satellite platform that Multi-TV is on. And they decided that, look, it's a good cause, we'll give you satellite bandwidth. We spoke to KNET, who then provided the ground services to put us on the satellite. And so this uh, match, then the three, the three partners, Blackmoth Media, then began to put the plan together. And then in December 2019, we launched. KNET started as a telecommunication service provider, but is uh, gradually uh, stepping up its um, operations and services to support this nation with its um, capacity. Uh, so uh, there was already uh, a plan that came to provide support for open university kind of uh, a learning system or platform. 
because uh, others, other nations do it. You realize that up, until recently when the universities have been very innovative and have uh, uh, instituted certain programs, uh, weekend programs, uh, vacation programs and things that are providing opportunities for people who cannot find physical space in the institutions to learn. And, uh, so when multimedia uh, came up with uh, the same dream, it was like uh, two um, a coincidence of uh, two minds. So we supported the course because we knew that this nation will not have enough space physically uh, to uh, provide the learning opportunities required by uh, our people. SES is a global leader in content connectivity uh, solutions uh, provision. We have over 70 satellites uh, worldwide providing uh, video services and network services uh, to billions of uh, users, consumers. Multimedia Group has been a partner of SES for many years. Uh, when the um, SHS uh, double track system started, uh, Multi-TV and um, its partners approached us and they wanted to do something about getting these students who are at home whilst others are in school something to do. So we thought, why not use our platform the, the SES and multi-TV platform to um, provide an education channel for these kids who are home to at least be able to catch up uh, yeah, and be able to do something. Right? Now, this multi-TV platform reaches more than, let's say, 65% of homes in Ghana. So if you take any, every, every three homes, two homes are watching multi-TV. So we knew that this platform will enable us to reach a lot of these kids at home. Initially when the project started, it was set up for senior high school students. But later COVID struck and the project needed to expand to include the junior high school students also. But after two years of operation, we expanded and we have included um, students at the basic, the primary level. So on a normal day, you have lessons from, for basic school, also the primary school level, junior high school level, and the senior high school level. I call Madame Voss and I charge my phone. I call no she TV. I enjoy learning. And I say, 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 I hours I spend two hours. In Tibet, I spend four hours. I spend I've gained a lot. Even yesterday, I was listening to one um, Jacqueline. He was teaching English language. And the way he was expressing 
uh, himself about literature, English literature. I heard a lot about it, understood certain things that I, it, for a long time, I've learned and I've started for, uh, I've forgotten. Guru Blale, I would say, is one of the best way in education. Because you can stay somewhere very far, then you, you, you have access in learning without the help of anybody. You can use your learning alone to write your exams and pass. When you come to going to extra classes, with Joyland, I have not anything to water again. Because Joyland has free area they all help me. It is free, you don't have to pay for it. I got to know more about the Joy Learning Essay Competition and now I have won gifts like plaque, books, t-shirts and many more. So I would like to encourage everybody to also participate in the Joy Learning Essay Competition so that he or she can also win some of the gifts like the plaque, books and the t-shirt too. I wasn't good at maths but Joellen helped me to uh, do well at maths. Uh, when I go to school it helped me to solve uh, problems where, uh, that my teacher will give me. Some of us, especially in Northern region here, there is poverty. We join and doing the program free. We are able to, to go as far as we can and, and we will urge the the sponsors of the program to continue doing it free. I encountered Joy Learning about a year ago. We were just watching TV and then she just changed the channel to that station and then I was like, wow, I, I never knew there was something like this. So started watching Joy Learning and then that's really improved her writing skills and her reading skills as well. I think they should do a lot of essay writing because it really helps the kids a lot. I children be watching it improve their studies and also save costs of money. Because when you do, if you have to use money and pay your school fees, but when you are working that time, you don't pay anything. You only get much more easier, you get learning easier. Everything goes smoothly. We want to continue doing this, but who knows? Um, so we are going to support this initiative for as long as uh, it takes. On top of that, we are also looking at a way of um, enhancing the service, maybe providing some content on demand. Right? So today, um, the service is what we call linear broadcasting, so the kids are watching what we broadcast, but it would be good for them to be able to perhaps at some point download or, or, or receive content specific to what, 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 what they're learning at, at different times on any device, anywhere, so they're not just stuck to a TV uh, all the time. So that's something I would like to do in the future, to help these kids.
Hello viewers! I have just harvested fruits from my Suriname cherry. This plant is known as Suriname cherry, the pitanga or the Brazilian cherry. The fruits as you see are high in vitamin C and when you consume it, mm, it's so good for your body. Welcome to Home Tips with Mira. If you want to be a home gardener, there are three basic questions that needs to be answered by you. First is what to plant, second, how to plant, and third, where to plant. What to plant? You want to plant trees to provide shade for you, or you want to plant fruit-bearing trees so that you can pluck some and eat. You want to plant vegetables or herbs or flowers to beautify your home. Whatever you decide to plant will inform where and how to plant it. In planting, one can use either stem or the seeds. And some plants that you can propagate using the stems are cassava, you know, what we use for our fufu. I like fufu a lot. <laughs> and then you can also use the stems of grapes. I have grapes also in my house. And yes, of course, you can grow grapes in Ghana. I'll show you my grapes. You can also plant using seeds. I have some okra seeds here, I have maize, I have watermelon seeds. There's also thyme, tomato and pepper. So whatever you want to plant. If you want to do vegetables, you go for vegetables. If you want to do trees, that will take about three or four years or five years to, you know, bear fruit. You know, you go for it. And not forgetting my pear. I just love keeping them in my kitchen. Although I, I put them in a container with water. This is about five months now. It's up to me to transplant it into my garden or so keep it in my kitchen, hoping that it will bear fruit for me to plant. <laughs> now we are looking at where to plant. If you don't have a piece of land in your home to plant, you can plant using receptacles such as old bowls, this gallon that has been cut into half, sack, buckets, Whatever you find, you can use it as a receptacle to grow your plant. And these receptacles work well with shallow plants like vegetables. They work so well with them because the roots of the plants are not so deep. But if you are looking at planting something uh, like a fruit bearing a tree, what you have to do is find a ground and plant it directly in the ground. This is my cabbage farm. I have about 20 cabbage plants here. I ordered the seedlings from an agri shop and it came in this tree and I transplanted them here. Cabbage usually takes up to five months to fully mature, but I have one here that looks matured. Mine here is four months. So we are going to harvest this one right away. Wow, look at it. So this Ooh. beautiful and purely organic I didn't add any chemical it's only bed droppings that I added to fertilize the soil look at it ah, I'm just enjoying my cabbage <laughs> I have a tip for you nursing mothers who want to win their babies off their breast milk cabbage leaves really help take a leaf like this and then um, put it in the freezer, let it cool, and take it out, put it in your brazier. What it actually does is that it helps to 
cool down the swelling around the breast and it also helps to absorb excess fluid from the breast. It really helps and suits you if you want to win your baby off breast milk. This is for the mother. It will help to take the pains off the breast because of the swelling. There is a proverb that says that he who plants a garden plants happiness. Here at the back of my poultry farm, I have planted cocoa yam, which gives me contemporary leaves almost every time that I want. In home gardening, every space counts. So make use of every available space in your home. This is my mini potato farm as part of my home gardening practice. So I'm coming to harvest potato. You know, you can use the vine of potato to plant or you can just go to the market, buy potato, put it in soil, just give it a little water under a shady place and then voila, you see that your potato will start to grow. Let's see what we have in the soil. I want to show you what I have. I should have a potato here. I just uprooted this potato. The benefits of home gardening are enormous. For me, it is a stress reliever. Anytime I'm stressed, I just come to my garden, look around, pick a few weeds, and even the joy of seeing the plant's fruit. I don't know how to describe it. I want to encourage you that take advantage of every available space in your home and plant something. Plant what you eat and eat what you plant. And with home gardening, you are assured of constantly eating fruits that are purely organic. Thank you so much for watching Home Tips with Mira. I hope this knowledge that I have shared with you has been so helpful and you are going to put it into practice. Please don't forget to watch me on this same channel and remember to like, share and subscribe. See ya! At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We get our weekly groceries delivered through Instacart because once football season starts, game time is family time. I can get everything my family needs for the week, from reliable staples to specialty ingredients, all delivered right to my door in as fast as one hour. So I can stay on my game without missing a minute of the game. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time, minimum order $10, additional terms apply. Instacart, add life to cart. Hurry into the Wrap Up the Year sales event at your local Ram dealer for great deals on the trucks that give you all the power you need and all the luxury you could ask for. Now get 10% below MSRP for an average of 6219 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cab. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 6219 average based on 10% below average MSRP from all 2023 Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cab models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 1224. Wendy's Peppermint Frosty and Frosty Cream Cold Brew make the perfect gift for anyone in your life. Especially for you. Yeah, this year you're sitting on your own lap and getting yourself what you want. Finally. 
And now, every day this season, unlock 20% off your total when you get any small, medium, or large Frosty in the Wendy's app. So order something from your own wish list this year. Limited time only at participating U.S. Wendy's with app offer and registration. Applies to menu items only. Taxes and fees excluded. It's the holiday mystery sale at JCPenney. How much will you save? An amazing coupon giveaway starts this Thursday. Everyone can enjoy guaranteed savings of an extra 30% off or your chance at an extra 40 or 50% off your entire purchase in store. All the gifts you need, all the savings you want. Mystery solved. JCPenney, make your holidays count. Offers valid on select styles 12 7 through 12 14. Exclusions apply. Giveaway in store only. Must be 18 or older. See store or jcp.com for details. And now, a special motorcycle weather report from Progressive. And today's forecast, expect a steady breeze with a 100% chance of twisting down those country back roads gleefully on your motorcycle. Some will want you, others will want to be you, and animals everywhere will yearn for opposable thumbs just to work that throttle like you do. Oh, <laughs> nature's cruel design. That's your forecast, back to you. This has been a special motorcycle weather report from Progressive, where every day is a beautiful day to ride with 24-7 roadside assistance from America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage. In the heart of Ghana's western region lies the vibrant and culturally rich township of Takrade. With a history dating back to colonial times, this thriving city has become a melting pot of tradition and modernity. Takrade's strategic locations and its reputation as an oil and gas hub have attracted both local and international businesses. We've seen remarkable growth in industries like shipping, logistics, and tourism, which have contributed to the town's economic prosperity. Takradi was a hub of economic activity during the colonial era, facilitating trade between Ghana and the rest of the world. The remnants of that period, such as the old European architecture and the railways, still stands as a testament to our shared history. The oil city proudly preserves its rich cultural heritage, evident in the captivating traditions that passed down through generations. From colorful festival to the rhythmic beats of traditional drums, Township celebrates its history with great pride. Now, let's talk about sports and music. We always say the best comes from the West. And as we can see in Ghana, most of the best artists are from Takradi, arguably. The likes of A.B. Crystal, Koda, Castro, Keche. C.K. Man, J.W.A. Ambuli, Papi Kojo, Kofi Kenata, and many others are good examples to mention. And for sports, let's rewind. Let's throw the spotlight on Martin Kenata, popularly known as Kofi Kenata. He grew up in Takradi. He started his career as a rapper and released his first single title, Hallelujah in 2012. The song was the first of 
many successful singles from the artist. You know what? Let's find out more from the man, Kofi Kenata. Oh, no problem. No problem. Yeah, what's our one chill and no? What's our chill and no dada? Well, continue. Oh, continue one chill and no. No problem. No problem. But a tight quantity. You're a bacasa eye. Okay, but I see. Hello. Ladies and gentlemen, Kofi Kenata. Hello. Good to see you again. Thank you. Good What's to see cooking? you too. Am I late? What's you are that? not. You are not. I have a vegetable stew. So I have a vegetable sauce and fish cacao. So you, you cook yourself? Is this what you do when uh, you're not cooking music? Is this, is this the reason why we don't have an album? <laughs> oh, no. It's not a real gladsome. Like, okay. I'm in Takradi now and you saw my friends, my yeah. team, everybody's yeah. here. So you're cooking for them? Yeah. It's to my advantage because I don't like certain stuff in food. I do only fish and vegetables. So okay. if I don't, they might cook something or they might order something that I wouldn't like. So if I want right. to eat and be okay, feel like I'm on holidays, I have to yeah. cook myself. Yeah. You put too much onion, or yeah, I like yeah, because I, I like can, onions. I can feel that. So, do you need help? Of to to work around here. No, no or, problem. What can I do? When I figure out what I want you to do. Why well, you don't want me to? Because I can't stand here and do nothing. I'm here. I had a ball and a walk. I said, "Put two ball in Well, I can do something. I can wash this, but. Um, I haven't I haven't been here in a in a while, so just passing by to find out how you're doing. I know that you have a song out, mm-hmm. and that song. If you come love. Yeah. After the personal. Yeah, that's that that's the well. It's it's actually talking about what you're doing right now. Yeah. I should be the one doing the cooking right now. You were late. Let me find some. Oh, okay, that's the rice. Let mm-hmm. me find something to do. But it's, it's just like your regular day in, in, um, in the house when you're not, like, yeah, doing music. In, in the house today. Whatever I order food, okay. sometimes I would say, oh, I want fish. And they will come with, like, fish. But when I'm eating, I feel like there were certain things aside the fish in the sauce. So to avoid everything, sometimes I cook in the house. But you don't like restaurants. We have fish. Uh, yeah, that's restaurants. Yeah, but so, you said that you order out sometimes, all the time. Sometimes when you, you order for, especially soups, they will come with soup, containing fish and everything. But while you are eating, you can feel that or you, you can taste something like meat or something in it. So... To make sure you are eating fish and fish alone, you oh. cook it yourself. I want a spoon. So why fish? Is it that you don't like meat? Uh, uh, looking for a spoon. Spoon. Do what are you going to do? So, so you know that this. This is the rice cooker. So we're just going to pour the rice, the rice, rice in it. In it. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's very simple. So, yeah. Why? Why fish? I don't know, that's what I like. 
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.